WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Tuesday edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen. 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. We've got two phone lines. Use them both. And as always, follow me on X slash Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen, J-E-N-S-E-N. We've got a lot that we got to get into. Got a Maggie update that's not particularly a good one. Um, today's been a little bit of a difficult day. So we'll talk about that because you guys know I like to sometimes use you as a little bit more therapeutic just to talk about it. Some stuff going on in with Israel, but not like the national stuff. There's some controversy involving this Israel situation in Raleigh and Mecklenburg County. And we're going to talk about that. And we've got a couple other things we're going to get into as well. But we're going to start out tonight with things going on up in Raleigh. But no, it's not politics. Although I bet you there is some little bit of a political grandstanding back and forth on people trying to procure votes for the best food of the state fair. And for many years, Mark Garrison has been a voter. He goes up every single year to Raleigh to the state fair where he judges some of the new foods. And there's like 100 different, like 120 different food vendors at the state fair. And they will sell anything from, you know, the classics like funnel cakes and the corn dogs and cotton candy to the new thing from like 25, 30 years ago, deep fried Twinkies and deep fried Oreos. Well, this year, the vendors are introducing 30 new items. And Mr. Mark Garrison got a taste of that yesterday, starting with a very strange donut. My name is Whitney Fraley with Fluffy's Handcut Donuts, and we've created the Dill Pickle Donut. Yes, she said Dill Pickle Donuts. I'm not sure I like the sound of it. It's an unexpected flavor combination, but it's really good. Whitney is very confident. She travels the fair circuit around the U.S. for Fluffy Donuts, creating new flavors. This pickle creation is a handmade yeast donut covered with a cream cheese icing that's infused with dill pickle juice. And there are two big pickles on top. A couple years ago, I made it as an April Fool's Day joke originally. But people said, hey, this is good. Turns out I was one of those people. I didn't think I would like it. Yeah, we've surprised a lot of people this year. You're going to have a lot of pregnant women lined up at your booth. We usually get a few. I'm not going to lie. Someone said, this is the flavor of the pregnant woman. I said, well, I I don't know. I'm not pregnant, but we'll see. Next, I saw something long and green coming out of the fryer. What are we frying? Oh, we did frying kimbap, Korean kimbap. Korean kimbaps, a long sushi roll. You know, the green seaweed wrap. Inside, there's rice and spam. Oh, that's huge. It's about the size of an ear of corn. And then it's all battered and fried. Made by Jen. He and his mom have a food truck in Raleigh. And it's really good. Oh, thank you. And I even like the spam. Great, great. (laughs) The vendors here are all types, from food truck owners and restaurant operators to farmers, like Grover Douglas from Sanford. He grows corn on 100 acres every year, sells roasted corn at the fair. It's part of his annual farm income. Pick it up a little bit. But this year, he's adding something new to the menu. It's actually just regular grapes, but it's dipped in like candy apple dips. We got raspberry, we got grape. The corn farmer is selling candied grapes. You've heard of candy apples? Well, these are grapes dipped in a hot, gooey flavoring, and when they cool off, it's crunchy grape candy. It's so good. Pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> wow. I like that. Just so much new stuff. For example, Bobby Scott, who's sort of retired, 
has a giant smoker and he sets up at the fair every year. And this year, something a little different. So this looks like a hush puppy. Yep, but it's a long thing from being a hush puppy. That's the truth. It's a crunchy little ball loaded with brisket. This is a pancake batter yeah. and brisket shredded. Pour pancake syrup on it and oh yeah, it's good. Next, another sweet, would you believe, cookie dough that has a special wrapping around it. This is real raw cookie dough. It is. Oh, yeah. no, no eggs. eggs. No eggs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we top it with bacon. Bacon. <laughs> it's a salty, sweet combination. This is the creation of a family from Wisconsin who just travels America's fair circuit selling cookies. But this cookie dough with bacon? Oh, <laughs> mm. And that's exactly the response we want. Yeah. It just tastes wholesome. I don't know about wholesome, it's just good. <laughs> well, as I was about to eat myself into a stupor, I discovered my personal favorite of all the new fair foods, some remarkable Korean fried chicken wings. We're introducing two different flavors this year. One of them is honey butter wings, and the other one is snow cheddar. Snow cheddar? It's a crispy wing covered in a bright yellow cheddar cheese powder. It's so good. Call it snow cheddar. It's the crunchiest chicken wings you'll ever taste. That is Esther Hicks. The crispy chicken is her family's recipe. She came to the U.S. from South Korea to go to college, met her husband Aaron here, and they have just been obsessed with bringing Korean street food to North Carolina. They've got two food trucks now. We're having so much fun doing it, and... This is just truly a dream. The fair is just full of food dreamers who love creating, which brings us to the winner, the guy voted by the media to have the best new fair food of this year, Isaac Horton with Oak City Fish and Chips. And we were thinking what would be something that people would love to try fried. Well, what he came up with was a shrimp pop, three huge deep fried North Carolina raised shrimp on a stick covered in a sweet sauce. They're about four times bigger than most shrimp. These shrimp are the size of lobster. They're the size of three to four ounce lobster tails. <laughs> they are similar to the salmon pops that won Isaac Horton the top prize at the fair last year. And he also has lobster pops. And it's really good. Isaac Horton started selling fish from an old beat up funnel cake trailer. It was just a dream. It shows that anyone can do it. And now he has two restaurants in Raleigh, plus a winning record for his seafood on a stick at the North Carolina State Fair. You can start off with something very small and work your way up to something bigger and bigger and bigger. Follow your creativity, follow your heart, never give up. And get big shrimp. Get big sh and get big shrimp. <laughs> so joining us now 10 pounds heavier is Mark Garrison. <laughs> Make that 20. <laughs> well, you answered, sort of answered. I have like a list of all these questions. I was listening to your report. First time I've heard it, along with the rest of the audience. And because I like to get the honest, instant reaction. So I'm writing down all these questions. And one of them was sort of answered in there. Do, I know a lot of these people are from North Carolina. And you talked about the one couple or family from Wisconsin with the cookies that go from fair to fair to fair to fair. I was going to ask you, do a lot of these people from North Carolina, do they just come to the one in Raleigh? Or do they travel throughout the southeast or maybe even the country doing this? 
No, most of the most of the North Carolina folks, uh, they either uh, maybe they're caterers or like the one guy who's a farmer. So this is their one time of year to uh, to come offer what they have at the state fair. And you know if they do well, it, it's a big shot of their income. And then you've got people who who are carnies of sorts, like the the couple with the uh, with the cookies. They do travel the fair circuit, but most of the North Carolina people just do the North Carolina state. Fair. I'm curious because you've been doing this for quite a while. Is there any of these that you're aware of that have like somewhat gone national or something that became like a trend or a craze or not just North Carolina but maybe others? I know, I know the first time you know it may have been in North Carolina the first time someone actually made a cheeseburger or whatever at a minor league baseball game with crispy crispy cream donuts as the buns or the deep fried Twinkies or the Oreos. Like, what are some of the more famous ones that you've covered? The, the one you mentioned there uh, did go national from North Carolina. That was the one with the uh, Krispy Kreme donut where the, the, the burger is between two donuts and the donut is the bun. By the way, have you ever had one of those? I haven't, Mark. i got to be honest with you. Yeah, I love Krispy Kreme and nobody loves a cheeseburger more than me, but I just don't like the sound of either one of those two things together. Well, you know, I didn't either, but uh, and it's super messy and it's very sticky, but it actually, that sweet and savory combination, it, it really works. There is a woman from Greensboro, uh, I'm going to do a story on her a little later in the week, she's kind of known nationally as the queen of deep fry, uh, her name is uh, Felicia Daniel, and she's been at the fair for 20 years, and if it's not nailed to the floor, she will deep fry it. Well, I, I was going to say, has I was going to ask you, of the 30 fried. new things, how many of the 30 new foods were fried? Uh, probably 28 of them. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> uh, now, it's curious. The one thing that I also wrote a note about, the, the Kim Pops was spam. Okay, so I wrote a little note, and many people may not know this, but Spam is nearly like the state food of Hawaii. I know it's pineapple and all that. That's right. But Spam is massive in Hawaii, and and I was going to ask, was the guy from Hawaii? No, actually, he let's see, he he was Korean. Okay, but uh, he loves Spam, and I I have to tell you, I'm not a Spam guy at all, but this combination worked really well together. I just, I, I find this fascinating. And I remember the first year when I started here five years ago, and it was like two weeks after I started, you were heading to Raleigh to do the state fair. And I remember going, well, wait a minute, why didn't I get an invite? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it's because you're so trim and I'm so fat. It's just logical for me to go. But it's, no, but it's awesome that you do this every year and they invite you every year. Is it easy to, um, to put in a food and have food sold at the state fair, or is it a big, long process? Oh, no, it's, uh, there is a waiting list now because uh, the fairs draw such a huge crowd. And uh, interestingly, uh, the guy who won with those uh, uh, shrimp pops, those are going to sell for $29. Holy crap. But $29. Think about this. Yeah, but see, I, I did a little, that surprised me a little bit. But I got to talking to some of the vendors, even a very small space is five thousand dollars and if you have a larger space it is much more so you've got this cash that you're putting in just for the space then you got to hire help you got to buy the food so uh yeah Mm. the prices for fair food are going up and that's that's the reason 
Uh, the fair is what? And I, I, by the way, I've never been to a state fair anywhere on this planet. Uh, is it what? You two weeks? One week? Well, how long is it? Uh, ten days starts okay. on uh, this Thursday. Uh, gates open at noon in Raleigh on Thursday, and then it runs through the following Sunday. Uh, yeah, I think I've only been to five fairs in my entire life, and the last wow. one that I went to was the Anderson, South Carolina County Fair in 2000. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> wow, you got some catching up to do. I know, well, I keep hearing that the Cleveland County Fair used to be a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's a good fair. It is. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, congratulations on going. Now go see your cardiologist. <laughs> yeah, let him yell at me. <laughs> hey, that was really good stuff, Mark. I appreciate it, buddy. Sure. All right, when we come back, let's get into a few things concerning Israel, the North Carolina General Assembly, because there are some things that may surprise you about a couple of the representatives out of Mecklenburg. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Welcome back to News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Just a couple of minutes here because I wanted to go extra long with Mr. Garrison about the state fair and all that. Because, look, I, this is what I say a lot on this show. You've got Warnable and Counter and Sumbo and a lot of events to talk about a lot of the stuff going on up in D.C. and world events. And I will offer what little comments I have if it's something that I can speak about, like Ukraine. No one here in this building can talk about Ukraine like I can. But other than that, like that's when I will offer my little tiny opinion or thoughts on particular things or give perspectives or descriptions of things that are happening, like with the Russian and Ukrainian war. And so I'm not going to spend a lot of time Talking about the situation going on in Israel, is it horrible? Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you this, I can't get enough of it. I can't get enough of it. Just like when the initial, on February 24th, 2022, Russia invaded Ukraine, it was all I watched for 72 hours, five days, something like that. That's all I could watch. That's all I could do is watch. I think it was, what, 120 hours, something like that? And so, but that's it. That's all I could do. And so it's the same thing now with me in this Israeli situation, just because of the atrocities that are occurring. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's a horrible analogy, but it's like driving down the interstate and seeing a car flipped upside down and there's just mass destruction everywhere. You got to stop and slow down and rubberneck. And I just want to see what is going on and hear what's going on. The bombing and the shelling and all the atrocities with the kidnapping and all the things that are happening, the horrible, horrible, horrific things that are happening with the women and Hamas saying that they're going to, you know, kill and execute one hostage every single time Israel strikes without giving warning. So I, I'm all in on that. But there are some things going on when we come back that I'm going to talk to you that occurred today with the North Carolina General Assembly, including someone from Cabarrus County and two of your representatives from Mecklenburg County. I, 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 I don't understand it, and we'll get into all that as well. And a lot of you are going to be left shaking your head, no matter if you're a Democrat, Independent, or Republican, Catholic, or Jewish. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Going up until 8 o'clock. That means you got about 24 minutes to go. All right, so Israel stuff. Earlier, or I should say this afternoon, I should say a few hours ago, the North Carolina General Assembly, in a unanimous vote, agreed to send a letter to Congress urging for the support of Israel. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10, the significance of this, negative 20. It's a big, fat, nothing burger. All it is is a PR stunt. That's all it is. Because their letter to Congress means 0.0. Nobody cares. As a matter of fact, the people who voted, probably most of the people in their own family don't care. Like, nobody cares. Because it means absolutely nothing at the end of the day. It's nothing. And people can get upset at me all they want. This isn't about Israel. It's like, hey, we did this thing. Like, nobody cares. Nobody cares that you wrote a letter to Congress saying support. Like, nobody cares. But I understand why it's being put out there. But here's what people may care about. Would you care if I said, well, yeah, I voted um, as one of the people unanimously to vote to send Congress a letter saying you need to support Israel. But would you care if I said, by the way, Tommy got up and walked out and refused to vote? Would that catch your attention? It just might. And so I've got 12 people, 12 Democrats, who, uh, again, the North Carolina House unanimously passed a resolution urging Congress to support Israel in responses to the attacks from Hamas. But there were 12 House Democrats who walked out of the chamber. And here are those 12 two of which are from Mecklenburg County, and one of which is from Cabarrus County. So, here's what we got. John Autry of Mecklenburg County, come on down. You're the first person on this list to, to have walked out. I, I don't understand. Why would you vote, or why would you not vote and take this PR chance? Are you a contrarian? Are you not... Are you anti-Jewish? Are you pro-Palestinian? Like, what are you, do you hate Congress so you never want anything on your name written to, given to Congress? Like, I, I don't know. But John Autry of Mecklenburg County refusing to vote in favor or, or listed as, quote, not voting. And one report said actually walked out. That was according to a report. Walked out. Representative Amber Baker of Forsyth County. That's Winston-Salem, in case you're wondering. Representative Glory Stein Brown of Pitt County. That's where Greenville, East Carolina, is at. Representative Kanika Brown, Forsyth County. Representative of Maria Cervania, Wake County. That's Raleigh. Representative Terrence Everett, Wake County. Representative Pricey Harrison, Guilford County, that's Greensboro. Representative Nasif Majid, Mecklenburg County. Representative Marsha Moray 
of Durham County. Representative Renee Price of Orange County, that's Chapel Hill. Representative Diamond Staten Williams, Cabarrus County. And Representative Julie Von Hafen of Wake County. So Diamond Staten Williams, or Staten Williams of Cabarrus County. Nasif Majid of Mecklenburg County. And John Autry of Mecklenburg County. Those are your local representatives of all the people within earshot of my voice that had your representatives not vote, and according to this report, walked out of the chamber and didn't vote. Twelve House Democrats walked out of the chamber. If that is accurate, why would you do that? What what reasoning, what possible reasoning could you give no one in the history of the world in the history of the world has been persecuted more than the Jews no one in the history of the world there's not a particular group an ethnic group of people that has been Persecuted and pros- persecuted more than the Jews. I mean, obviously we know from 1939 to 1945 what happened in World War II. And actually even before that, I believe it started in what, 1933, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around there. So, but even before that, way before that, the Inquisition and everything else going back hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands of years, and you get up and you walk out. I, I hope that you have a great reason. So much so like, hey, my wife was going into labor. Something like that. Or maybe something like that happened with me and Maggie today where we spent all day at the vet. The last two days we've spent at the vet. Things are not going well with Maggie right now. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But it's uh, it's dumbfounding. It's confusing. I don't know if you can actually explain it. And I bet of the 12 people that, quote unquote, walked out of the chamber refusing to vote, on this resolution to support Israel, urging Congress to support Israel. Of the 12, you'll be lucky if two people talk to the media. Maybe three, but I wouldn't hold my breath on that. And you know why? How many media members are actually going to reach out to these representatives? How many people do you think will actually reach out from WRAL or WGHP? or the Charlotte Observer, or the Raleigh News and Observer, or the Asheville Citizen Times. Granted, they didn't have any one of their people walk out. How many people do you think are the Durham, the Durham Herald's son? What about them? So, it's, uh, it's confusing. But again, John Autry of Mecklenburg County did not vote, and according to this report, actually walked out of the chamber 
opting not to vote to support, send a letter of support to Congress for Israel. As did Nasir Majid. Excuse me, Nasif Majid. Nasif Majid, representative out of Mecklenburg County. What reason is, is that for him? I'm curious. Or Diamond Staten Williams out of Cabarrus County. What possible reason could you possibly give to say, you know what? We don't need to show any support for Israel. Like, who cares? Actually, you know what? I'm kind of on the side of Palestine and Hamas and Hezbollah. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what reasons there could be. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen, 704-570-1110. And guys, also use the telephone number 1-800-WBT-1110. By the way, one of the very, the very first radio job I ever had was at WKMT, tiny little AM station in Kings Mountain, where my first job, my very first job out of college was Kings Mountain High School play-by-play. And I got paid 25 bucks a game to do basketball, football, and baseball. And uh, when I was there, a man by the name who owned it, Jonas Bridges, related to Bridges Barbecue, uh, the famed Bridges Barbecue over there in Shelby, not, not, he's like a cousin or whatever, because there are a million bridges, bridges in Cleveland County. But, um, my first or second day on the job, you know, and he had a southern accent, but he said, Brett, it's not W. It's W. He goes, W. Make sure you pronounce it. W-B-T. I was like, oh, okay. And so I had that job for 14, 15 months, and I met Scott Neisler. He was my color analyst on baseball. Scott Neisler now, mayor of Kings Mountain. So, back in 1991, I was a, just a spry young pup, ripe old age of 22 years old. 23, well, I guess I was 23. I just turned 23. So, anyway, I just, when I said uh, here on WBT, it just, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember the first time I heard W. So anyways, uh, enough of that. So here's what happened today. Well, let me, let me, let me, before I get into this real quick, the whole Israel thing, the only thing that I'll add about it from a personal perspective, outside of like what I just mentioned about how John Autry, um, reportedly walked out of the chamber, not voting to support the whole Israel thing. Um, but up in the North Carolina uh, state house. Somebody asked me this morning, I was on, Bo, on, Bo with, on with Bo and Beth this morning. Was, we were obviously talking about Israel because it's on all, all the TV stations and everything else. And I said, you know, I wish I was in Israel right now reporting on this. I wish I was in Tel Aviv or Jerusalem reporting on this right now. 
I said, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near the Gaza Strip. It's not my job to be near the Gaza Strip. But I'd love to be in Jerusalem or Tel Aviv right now. Because I, I just think it's fascinating. And I also think you'd be relatively safe there as opposed to being near the Gaza Strip. So, yeah. So right now, death toll rises as at least 1,200 killed by Hamas. Uh, excuse me, Hamas. So at least 1,200 Israelis killed by Hamas. And that number is going to keep growing and growing. And don't forget all the hostages that are taken there as well. But I would love to be in Israel right now reporting on this. And there's absolutely no smooth transition. And so it's just a very awkward transition to go from one thing to the other. But we're just going to have to do it. So yesterday, Maggie had an ultrasound on her stomach to figure out why she's not eating. You guys have heard me talk about this. Like it has been a chore to get her to eat. And finally, she decided that she would eat ground beef, and that's been $8 a day in ground beef that I've had to feed her. Let me do the math for you. You know, 8 times 30, that's $240 a month just on ground beef. So that's not sustainable. But at the same point, so we've tried everything. So we did the ultrasound yesterday, and there was um, a mass in her stomach. Golden Retrievers are one of the breeds most prone to cancer. So we went back to the vet today to do regular standard x-rays because last night Maggie threw up a giant hairball. And they were thinking maybe that was the mass that was in her stomach when they did the ultrasound. Maybe that's what it was. A giant hairball the size of a ping pong ball. She has a tendency to eat the hair off her tail because golden retrievers have big fluffy tails. And if she gets an upset stomach, instead of eating grass, she'll eat the hair off her tail. So we went back in and we did normal x-rays. And they still think there's a mass in her stomach. But to do the surgery, where what they would do is put a scope down her throat with a little pair of pliers at the end to try and pull out whatever it is, if it can come up through the esophagus. The kicker on top of that is that it's pretty dangerous for old dogs, and Maggie is 14 and a half years old, and golden retrievers live on average 11 to 12 years. Maggie's 14 and a half, and it's dangerous for old dogs to undergo uh, anesthesia. So right now, I don't know what's going to happen. We're supposed to, quote, sit on it for the next couple of days and try and figure things out. What I will probably do is go get a second opinion somewhere else and another ultrasound. They do not think it's cancer. That's the one thing. They don't think it's cancer that's in her stomach. And that's a blessing. But we got to figure out what is in her stomach, if anything. So that's where we are with Maggie. Probably going to wait until Thursday come up with a decision, and it's almost guaranteed I'm going to try and get a second opinion and get another ultrasound from somewhere else, as well as more x-rays, which will be, I don't know, $1,500 more. Hopefully, pet insurance will cover it, or at least most of it. We'll see. Not guaranteed. And then 
depending on what the second opinion is, we'll go from there. Because if you remember, a year ago this month, Maggie was diagnosed with kidney disease, which she never had. And they put her on meds that jacked her all up, damn near died, went and got a second opinion. And they're like, your dog doesn't have kidney disease. And she, over time, got healthy and by April was normal. Was a bouncing 14 and a half year or 14 year old golden retriever. So we'll see. I know a lot of you ask me about it and still sending me emails and messages on Twitter, or you see me out and about and you'll say, Hey, how's Maggie? So that's where we are right now. The good news is they don't think it's cancer, but they don't know what's in her stomach and they think they, I should have surgery with her, but I know that's also very dangerous. So we're going to get a couple more second opinions and hopefully on Thursday or Friday, or maybe Friday or Monday of next week, we'll have more answers. All right, everyone. So that's going to do it tonight. Appreciate everyone listening. And again, just as a reminder, uh, you had, again, I just want to make sure everyone is aware of this. You had two Mecklenburg County reps, um, according to reports, walk out and not do a letter of support for Israel. One of them is Nasif Majid of Mecklenburg County, and the other one is John Autry of Mecklenburg County.